2: Hello, everybody. Yes, the new season is upon us. And so is the ultimate football preview, the game day preview pod from TalkSport. It's back with all the smouldering intensity of a Jose Mourinho, Danny Rose cosy chat. Misa Matafez alongside TalkSport's transfer guru and commentator Alex Crook and the Mirror's Darren Lewis. Coming up on the big season preview, they've been spending up the King's Road. But how does Frank make all those shiny new trinkets go with the rest of the outfit? Well, when you've got that much attacking talent, it's pretty simple, isn't it? You play three at the back, two holding midfielders, draw away 0-0 at Denmark, and everyone's happy. Well, sort of. Will Manchester City and Liverpool still be as far ahead as they were last campaign? Can Chelsea and Manchester United mount a title charge? Can Arsenal surprise everyone? And can Wolves, Leicester and Sheffield United Last year's surprise packages continue to raise eyebrows. Also, Everton are hammering it up in midfield, but really, what's the chances of Carlo Ancelotti improving on a mid table finish? Can Fulham and West Brom survive after being promoted from the Championship? And now Mike Ashley has opened the till for Steve Bruce. Will Newcastle play better football, or will their sport still be direct? Find out here on the Ultimate Preview, the Game Day Premier League Preview from Talk Sport.
1: Is game day.
2: Ah, yes, welcome back. A couple of weeks off. That was what it was supposed to be anyway. I ended up doing about eight games, actually, during the close season. But what a fantastic end to the campaign it was and a great start as well with the Community Shield and congratulations to Arsenal for winning that. Um, Yeah, I was on my own a little bit too much, I think, after returning from Denmark in midweek. So I scouted Instagram a bit for a few hours, looked for a bit of pod company Uh, I've settled on booking Darren Lewis and Alex Crook for a few hours coffee that's all maybe a few wisecracks a look at you two pair of hunks are you ready and raring to go
1: absolutely raring to go listen it's been so long since our last actually hasn't has it I was thinking (laughs) (laughs) the season's barely finished and it started up again Uh, but yeah really really excited really looking forward to the next season and um, I think it's gonna be Probably, bizarrely enough, with no fans to see it, but it could be one of the most competitive seasons we've had yet.
3: What year is it, anyway? I'm I'm still trying to work out. This is the 2020-2021 season, correct? Hold on, there's a lot of 20s
2: in there. (laughs) (laughs) I've got 2020 vision. One 2020 is plenty. (laughs) Um, Okay, I think it's going to be really tight this year. I think it's going to be... We've had a couple of seasons where two teams have run away with it or a team has run away with it. I think it's just like a concertina up a little bit at the top of the table. Is anyone agreeing with me on that?
3: I think so. I think there's a, a huge amount of competition. There's a lot of managers under pressure, not least Frank Lampard. We're going to talk about him, no doubt, in, in detail later. But if you spend £225 million, the minimum requirement is a top four finish. For me, they have to mount a serious title challenge or he could well be answering serious questions come the turn of the year. Um, Arsenal have had a go. Manchester United are continuing to spend money. I think Tottenham will improve after a full pre-season under Jose Mourinho. And I think the bottom of the table is equally fascinating because there won't be three teams this year as bad as Watford and Norwich and Bournemouth. I think it's going to be a real titanic tussle to stay up in the top flight.
2: Three minutes into the pod and already you've uh, tried to get a manager sacked and we haven't even kicked <laughs> off yet,
1: Aaron? I think Lampard's well aware of the pressure that he's under. Um, but having said that, I don't really disagree with anything that you've said. The reason I think he's going to be really competitive at the top is because the teams that have the quality retain that quality. City will obviously, buy Koulibaly, it's just a matter of when we've seen these things play out a million times and they always end up with the player leaving. Uh, I think, though, behind them, Arsenal have done some really good business and they've finally got a manager with authority in Arteta. Chelsea have done some terrific business. And by the time this pod comes out, we'll probably have made considerable progress in signing Edward Mendy, the goalkeeper from Wren. I think Tottenham have been canny. I'd like to see Tottenham address the centre-half positions because I haven't done that. And I'd like to see another striker before I start considering them as a top four side possibly even a top six side but I I certainly think that the race for the top four Manchester United they'll be strong they should get Sancho and I think possibly maybe even another another centre-half as well
2: okay well this show will be out every Friday morning to give you the best in-depth preview of the weekend and now on Monday mornings as well as we are ready to review the thrilling action that you've already seen two pods a week today we look ahead to the whole season we'll try to mention everyone so let's get to it the Premier League is back on TalkSport. Robertson into the centre looking for Salah and taps it home. De
3: Bruyne with the volley and what a goal, what a terrific goal. Sensational goal from Mason Greenwood. What a fantastic goal by Christian Pulisic. Jamie Vardy puts it past the goalkeeper.
0: Into Harry Kane inside the penalty area. Kane with a shot, Kane with a goal. Here is Aubameyang with another opportunity for Arsenal which he takes so coolly. Ruben Neves to pick out Diego Yota inside the penalty area and it's an explosive finish but Goldrick reacts and smashes the ball home and all three points are going to Sheffield United and Everton have got themselves back into the match and it's Richarlison Anderson 4-0 points in the bag for David Moyes side
3: 5-0 for League United
0: and Patrick Bamford has his goal Robinson's onside and turns it home from six yards out for West Bromwich Albion Talk sport.
1: Liverpool
2: feature on game day this Saturday at 5.30 on Talk Sport. Jurgen Klopp's team started last year winning 29 out of 31 Premier League games. They completed their romp of the league after the resumption, after the pandemic pause. But are they going to follow it up with another fairy tale? Darren Lewis.
1: I still think it's really early to make a decision. There's four weeks left of the transfer window. And in that four weeks, you can do business that will change the the, the complexion of your side, the optimism well, within the squad. Business,
2: have, though. That's the key thing.
1: But are you worried about that?
2: Well, yeah, I am actually, because I think strength and depth-wise, I don't think they're as good as, as pretty much most of the other teams that will be challenging this season. Now, they're still a formidable team. They were formidable at Anfield last year, 55 points from uh, 57 but they've got a reasonably tough start. I mean, they looked a little bit off the pace, actually, in the, in the community shield. And if they get one or two injuries, I'm looking at the bench and I'm thinking, hold on a second, it's not the kind of reinforcements that that a big, powerful team usually has. So I was expecting a little bit more business, I'll be honest.
1: But Sam, we can't propagate this myth about them being off the pace in the, in the, the community, community shield.
2: It's not a myth. It's it's I, not I just thought side. they were. Look,
1: look, the community shield is normally one of the last games before the season begins. For true. Liverpool, it was one of the first. So you cannot judge anything by what happened at Wembley on that day. It was literally a training true. exercise. There is, you know, if it, I would imagine they saw Arsenal lifting the community shield and said, keep it. You know, we're not bothered about that. Who cares about the community shield? I think at the end of the day, if you look at that Liverpool team, I would take the Pepsi challenge against any other team in the Premier League at the moment, regardless of who they buy, regardless of the business that they do, because they've got organization in defense, a world-class goalkeeper, strength in midfield. If they do buy Thiago Alcantara, who, which I, I think they will, it's just... Basically, he's got a year left on his contract. They don't want to pay over the odds for a player who's going to be free in 12 months' time. And obviously, they want to be able to get a good deal for Wijnaldum, who looks to be leaving the club. If that gets done, suddenly they've got world-class quality in the middle of the pet park. And I think sometimes, and we do it, we all do it, over-talk and over-emphasize concerns that don't exist Liverpool as a football club are shopping at Harrods. They're they're looking for the the best talent. They're looking. you know, they they're not they're not a, a Chelsea who had to do lots of business and they had to be seen to be doing lots of business. They're not a Spurs who've got shoes within their squad that need to be addressed, or even Manchester City. You know, they I need mean, a bit of a they, Liverpool lovingness, isn't it? Really. No, but if you look at Liverpool as a football. You're agreeing team, with never... me though, aren't
2: you? Ultimately, you are agreeing with me. I said they didn't really look as if they had a deep enough squad and you went, Yeah, but that's all right because they're gonna buy this person, this person, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, i no, was I am not worried by no, no, the, 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 what, what I'm not worried
2: either, but, but, but need, ultimately, I think they do need we, they need they need they need new players, don't they? And I, and I think that's you just basically said that they're going to get a higher quality of individual coming through the ranks, Crook.
3: Well, history tells us it's very difficult to retain the Premier League title. Not too many teams since the Premier League was formed back in 1992 have managed to do that. To, to expect to do that without making significant improvements to your squad. I think it's a tall order and I think it's a tall order because they're not going to get the free reign, the free hit at the start of the season that they were afforded last season. When you look how many clubs underperformed, Manchester United, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester City, those clubs are going to come out the starting blocks, they're going to be stronger, it's going to be a proper title battle. Is Liverpool's squad strong enough to cope with a resurgent Manchester City who have made improvements? I don't think so. I think there's a reason that most people expect Manchester City to win the title. Liverpool did look undercooked in the community shield. They also looked undercooked at the back end of last season after football resumed post-lockdown. Darren will say that's because the title was won and they were on the beach. I think it's a worrying trend. If I was Jurgen Klopp, I would be concerned. Uh, Manchester City
2: recruited Ake and Ferran Torres in a bid to close
3: that 18-point gap. Um, but is that, is that enough? I'm surprised they've not been heavily linked with too many centre-forwards. I agree with Darren, and we'll touch on it later in the transfer section. Koulibaly will happen. He's a player who's flirted with a big move every transfer window. I think Manchester City will get their man. They're going to be much better defensively as a result of him and Nathan Ake, who, despite what Talk Sports Simon Jordan told me on air, is, is a high-caliber player, and he will improve that team. He will be one of the stars of the season, in my opinion. But it's still a worry if and when Sergio Aguero gets back to full fitness, is he at the stage of his career now where these niggly injuries are going to become a problem? Gabriel Jesus is not an adequate replacement. I guess they're in the same situation that Spurs are with Harry Kane. It's difficult to attract a top-quality centre-forward knowing that if the main man is fit, you're going to be playing second fiddle. But I'm, I'm surprised that Pep Guardiola hasn't looked to find a replacement, not for Aguero, but certainly for Gabriel Jesus.
2: Um, Darren, in the second half of the season, um, they lost so many away games, Manchester City. They do score a lot of goals, but unless they sort of change that form away from home, they're going to run into problems again.
1: Absolutely. In the final third, they're fantastic. I think they scored four or more goals on, I think it was 11 t- occasions last season. And that was why I I felt, I know there was that whole romance around Messi, but that for me would have been grotesque, really. I I love football, but I don't think that you should be spending three quarters of a billion pounds on a footballer, no matter how good he is. But I think what they do need is someone who can head the ball. Ache is a left-footed centre-half, but they need somebody alongside him who's going to be commanding, and they don't have anyone in the mould of a Virgil van Dijk, which is why they need Koulibaly so much. The trouble is, United, if they were to get Kula Bali, they really would have the leadership in their team as well as his technical ability. So I think both teams will want him, but I think City need him so much more because they, they in the final third, they're great, but and in the middle of the park, they're not that bad either. But at the back, they can be got at, and I think a few teams were able to get at them last season.
2: I'm going to roll back on uh, what we said right at the top of the programme anyway by saying the fact that Liverpool's main match winners are actually in the prime of their career. Uh, Henderson, is actually the oldest, really, at 30 years of age. And that, uh, they could actually have benefited from checking out a little bit earlier than everybody else. They won the. T- and then they were sort of on the beach. I'm talking mentally here because a, a lot of the, the players actually still had things to worry about right into the very end. The Manchester City players going deep into August because of the Champions League as well. And that looked as if it actually took its toll towards the end of that campaign. Also, he hasn't really got any sort of European pressure, as in there's not people constantly saying... Is he going to win a European Cup? Is he going to win a European Cup? Because he's already done that. Um, so retaining the Premier League title, it does become the main focus for him and his group of players and that may well help them out. Let's turn our attention to Manchester United. They've got a zebra kit, but are they crossing over from also-rans into title contenders, Crookie?
3: Well, they've already won one trophy, haven't they? For the worst kit imaginable that probably has ever been produced in my lifetime. It looks like a QR code, doesn't it? Well, it one you know of those it, things it, you've been scanning for track and trace. It looks like the way they used to camouflage warships during the First World War. There was a particular type of paint um, that they used. It's just horrendous. I mean, I I don't understand what it is. Um, Hopefully, they won't have to wear it too often. But the kit aside, I think they've made a a very good signing in in Donny van de Beek. There's going to be good competition in midfield. Again, Darren has, has alluded to it. Jaden Sancho is not dead. I think if they get him in, that will be a fantastic addition to the attacking ranks. There is interest in Upamecano as well. It looks a, looks a pretty complicated deal. Are they title contenders? Probably not quite yet, but I'm more confident that they'll cement a place in the top four this season than I was last. It's going to be interesting to see how they fare in the Champions League. And I think what the signings are doing is, is giving Ole Gunnar Solskjaer options because the trouble at the back end of last season, I highlighted it time and time again, if you strayed away from the, the first 11, the players coming to the team weren't good enough and we saw that in the Europa League when he he couldn't change it against Sevilla because he didn't trust the options that he had on his bench. I think that's going to be the main focus at Old Trafford. It's adding strength and depth. They're doing that. Clearly, Bruno Fernandes is going to benefit from a full pre-season. I think they're going to be right up there. Darren, incrementally, you've got to be pleased, haven't you, if you're a Manchester
2: United fan. Last year, first full season for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, third, three semifinals, third place in the league. And unless you're a spoiled Manchester United fan that thinks you should be winning the title, even though you haven't really got the, the, the res- playing resources at this present moment to do so, I mean, you look back on the last 12 months and think, actually, or at least the last seven months, and think he, he did all right.
1: Absolutely, you would do. I mean, you cast your mind back. It seems a world away now when United fans wanted Oli out and uh, they felt that the club was going nowhere. Jose January, Mourinho, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Let's be honest. Absolutely. Uh, Mourinho had been sacked. The team weren't playing well. The morale was low. Solskjaer came in, had that wonderful run to begin with. Then things started to fall apart and people felt that he he should be gone and that there was this clamour for Pochettino or for anybody, really, who was Who said
2: that? Oh, I do know. I can't remember.
1: <laughs> mm, funny that.
2: He lives um, on the South Coast, he goes skinny dipping in the Solent yeah. <laughs> and uh, only has a shade three times a year.
1: And yet, when you look at Manchester United now, they're a different side. I mean, they're in the Champions League, which would have been the sole objective for yeah. Solskjaer last season. Get back in the money. Get back at the top table. We're re-establish our position as one of the leading clubs in the leading European competition. And he's done that, which means that they can attract top players. They can be in the argument for quality. So when you talk about Bali, United can be there without worrying that he wouldn't want to play in the Europa League. And yeah, as you say, if you look at the 11 they've got quality in midfield. I, I, I disagree slightly with you, Alex. I think they could challenge for the title because mm. they've got 20 gold a season men up front. All they need is that organisation at the back and then I think they'd be in the frame
2: 14 clean sheets in the last 24 games suggest they've discovered a sort of defensive steal but who plays in goal might still be up for debate when the season kicks off next week it's live on TalkSports their first game of the season is a week after everybody else's against Crystal Palace and I'll be there commentating with Steve McLaren at 5.30 next Saturday Hey, big spenders. Chelsea have lavished the cash in all four corners of the globe, all areas of the field as well, just not in the one position that they have to secure a body in, goalkeeper. Chelsea have only uh, decided that they've got 20 to £30 million pounds to budget for a goalkeeper. So they've allocated that money to get a new goalkeeper in. That shows you how much they don't rate Keppa. They are willing to take what will probably be a competent goalkeeper, not a brilliant goalkeeper, not a world beater, because even that is better than Kepper. Uh, what about the rest of the toys uh, that Frank got early for Christmas? How did he get them playing together, Crookie?
3: I think the biggest dilemma for Frank Lampard, and, and we've heard whispers already, um, <laughs> that maybe Mason Mount is not particularly happy that That's his place though. is That's under not threat. That's well, Allegedly, already, it's yeah. not true.
2: He's already said, he said, he said that he quite likes the competition mm. and he likes the pressure that it's going to put him under. He's a top player at a top club. He likes that environment.
3: He has to say that. Quietly, he will be displeased, and Tammy Abraham will be the same because. Tammy Tam they... Abraham will be displeased, I think. I think he's worried about his position. Well, they were the players who got the club into the top four against all odds. It has to be said. I remember speaking to you at the start of the season. You weren't confident by any stretch of the imagination that they would be a Champions League club. This. That's at this true. time of their development. I told you
2: that they would be in the Champions League. Last
3: After year. the first you, game when you were feeling you just, a bit bullish, but before the was, season started. The,
2: the first game of the campaign, they lost 4-0 away at Old Trafford. I told you they'd be in the Champions League at the end of the season.
3: Didn't yeah. I? And I'm not sure you truly believe that. And a lot of Chelsea <laughs> fans wouldn't have done either. <laughs> so, they, they've they achieved that. And, and listen, they've been saving up for this transfer window. They've had to miss the previous three transfer windows, I think, because of the transfer embargo and my word if they made up for lost time I'm really excited to see Kai Havertz how he's going to adapt in the Premier League Timo Werner by the accounts hit the ground running in their friendly at Brighton going forward they are going to be an absolute juggernaut it's going to be a balancing act for Frank Lampard to keep all those attacking players happy obviously they're going to address the goalkeeper situation looks like Edouard Mendy will be the man to come in and replace Kepa Aretha Balaga Thiago Silva's an interesting one because I understand the signing. They they need a bit of experience in in a still youthful side when you take into account that Havertz is only 21. Does it smack a bit of when Manchester United signed Laurent Blanc when he was past his best? It's a big difference between coasting through games at Paris Saint-Germain and coming into the intensity of the Premier League. So for me, they're still a little bit lightweight defensively, Darren.
1: Alex, I, I... Again, part a lot of what you've just said I agree with, but I think as far as Silver is concerned, I think he gives organization to that back for, and I think that's what they need desperately, because at times they're a lot over the place last season. and PSG fans might turn around and say, "Well, <laughs> well, in back- said it all, didn't he, when they got to the final of the Champions League and he tweeted, Farmers League, because we do deride that French League, but they've managed to prevail in the Champions League against quality opposition to get to the final. And I think that Silver, there are a few recriminations back at his former club because they tried to offer him a contract once he'd already agreed a contract with Chelsea. They'd realised they'd dropped the ball and that he probably still does have another season or two left in him. I think he'll give a lot of organisation to Chelsea and I think he'll be an asset for them.
2: Frank wants to play four at the back, so that suggests a holder and two forward-thinking midfielders, plus maybe a front three with wingers who can operate on the inside. You might even get a situation where Werner plays on the left, Havertz plays in the middle and Pulisic on the on the right-hand side. Is is some any, trio. Is there any suggestion that they could trouble the top two?
1: Absolutely, yes. Because they've got goals from midfield. They've got a forward line that can score goals. If Havertz can get anywhere near his return of the last two seasons, 20 goals last season, I think mm-hmm. 18 or 19 this season before, then suddenly you know you are a team with the capability to shoot your way out of trouble in any game. I know it's a big ask in terms of Havertz because it's his first season. Abraham will build on last season, 15 goals before Christmas I think the second half of the season not that many but he did come back late on to score the goals that just kind of got them over the line but I think defensively will be where it matters because they were so poor and got away with a lot last season if they can get it right defensively this season I think yes they'll be in the mix
2: okay top four what's it look like uh, for you Crook
3: I think
1: we're probably largely going to agree with the four
3: clubs that are going to finish in the top four. It'll be in what order. I think Manchester City will win the title at this stage. I would say if Manchester United get Jadon Sancho, they could finish second. I think Chelsea will finish third. And I'm going to go Liverpool fourth. <laughs> Crook?
2: Uh, Darren, go on. Exactly. That was so crazy that you actually got, I know, confused. I got confused. I was like, is it going mad?
1: <laughs> go on. Liverpool to retain the title. Um, Another fairy uh, tale on Merseyside. Absolutely. Uh, um, City, I think, will finish second. And then it will be between Arsenal, Chelsea and Manchester United for third and fourth. I'll go Chelsea third, Arsenal fourth.
2: What? Do you want a truth bomb? Man City to win the title for me. Liverpool second, Chelsea third and Arsenal fourth old day, eh? Hey, we'll get to them in just a bit. Stick around.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync... Things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides, and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at Labrooks.com, 18 plus. be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. <laughs>
2: Leeds United have Marcelo Bielsa on the buckets and the Baggies have Bilic with his bad knees and a team that also ambled after New Year and then you have Scott Parker and Fulham up through the playoffs in a dramatic night at Wembley both Fulham and West Brom were pretty abysmal the last time they were in the Premier League will things be any different this year Crook?
3: I think as we sit here now you would expect them both to struggle um, I know West West Brom have smashed their transfer record for Dean Garner but I think they're still a bit short I think Slaven Bilic needs to bring down the average age of the squad. I can't necessarily see who's going to score the goals. I don't think they're going to be particularly watertight at the back either. So I think they're going to struggle to stay up. Fulham, Scott Parker did a wonderful job to need to get them promoted at the end of last season, despite some doubters on this podcast. Is that you? <laughs> That's me again. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not necessarily convinced by their signings. I think Mario there is is a strange signing. You'd have thought they would have learned their lesson from last time bringing in foreign mercenaries, didn't do themselves
1: oh, Hold on, he's on
2: loan, isn't he? They haven't spent a huge amount of money. They just secured Knockart for 10 million quid. Reid, they paid £6 million for. Both of those were a part of last season, and they've just sort of sorted that out. Anthony Robinson, they bought him for £2 million from Wigan. And, and Lamina's and, on loan from Southampton. He's
1: already exactly. a mercenary.
3: L- Lamina's trouble in the dressing room, and he's not the type of player that you want if you are facing a relegation battle, Mitrovic as they will be. might sort that out.
1: No, then tell us why. Tell us why
3: he's trouble. He's troubled because he still sees himself as an elite player, the player who played in the Champions League final alongside Paul Popper for Juventus. He down tools very quickly after arriving at Southampton and realising it wasn't Turin and and the glitz and glamour of the Champions League. He, he thought he was going to get himself a move to Manchester United by producing his own Instagram video. He ended up with Galatasaray, didn't pull up too many trees there. Um, Southampton couldn't wait to get him off the wage bill there's a reason for that I think Scott Parker may have bitten off more than he can chew with Mario Lemina
1: let's find out I'm always uh, wary of calling players that know their own minds and you know uh, listen if you talk about players who've got a bit of an ego and are full of themselves you could talk about half the Premier League because there are so many players who believe that they, were better, they are better than they were. You look at Hamas Rodriguez, I'm going to go to uh, Everton a bit, Hamas Rodriguez, he's nowhere near the player he was after the 2014 World Cup, but they're turning handsprings a at- goodness at- 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 And rightly so in some respects, because he's worked with Ancelotti before and, and he knows what he's going to get. But the fact is, they're there are lot
2: the social media.
1: Well, exactly. But, but,
2: but That's all but, everyone's talking about. Is that how many followers he's got on Twitter? Is that, he's got more yeah, followers than okay, Everton. But, but more, <laughs> I think they need him for something slightly different. I mean, what, what, what's going to be the headline of the year when he tweets from the treatment room? Out for a couple of weeks, lads. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you see my point? I, I, I take your point, Alex, that he does have an inflated opinion of himself and, you know, he... he He did this and he did that. But there are any number of players in the Premier League that have done that. But on the field of play, they're not that bad. And I still think, as a footballer, Lamina improves Fulham, which is what they need.
3: Well, there were a couple of other players in that Southampton dressing room who also had inflated egos when Ralph had arrived. He decided to massage those egos and bring them on board. He gave up on Mario Lamina pretty quickly. I trust his judgment.
2: Um, obviously, there's quite some big egos in that Fulham dressing room anyway, isn't it? Uh, Mitrovic, obviously, is one of those. Uh, can he score the goals in the Premier League Will be the qu- big question. I mean, he scored uh, 26 goals last season. Whether he can translate that to Premier League action is uh, it, it's still up for debate. Although Fulham fans will tell you that the last time he was in the Premier League, he certainly managed to do that. Mm. I don't think there's as much goal-scoring power at West Bromwich Albion, where for much of the season they relied a lot on Charlie Austin, Hal Robson-Kanu. If that is going to be the case again, they're going to run into trouble, isn't it?
3: How old is Charlie Austin now? Sixty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> No, clearly that isn't a strike force that's going to strike fear into Premier League defences. The one thing they've got in their favour, I think, is Slaven Bilic, who I thought did a reasonable job at West Ham United. I actually backed him last season to get West Bromwich Albion promoted because I think he's a decent manager and that's going to go a long way. But again, it's going to be tough for them. And as I say, I think as we sit here now that they'll probably boing-boing their way back to the Championship again.
2: Uh, Leeds United are expected to be this year's Sheffield United. They've signed Rodrigo, whose goal output is not thrilling, but he will fit into the Bielsa system. They've lost Ben White, and that will affect what was a very steady defence last season. Berardi, I don't think he's going to be ready for the start of the campaign either. What happens with Leeds United, Darren?
1: I think they stay up. I think they give a good account of themselves because... He will have them fit and rearing to go. And I think that's going to be key. I also think he'll have a sound tactical system within which to work. They have really backed him. And I think the signing of Rodrigo, he cost a lot of money uh, for a Leeds at this stage of their development is quite key. I saw him playing for Spain the other day and he looked, his movement was good. He picked, he, he picked up good positions and I, I think he could be an asset for them. I really do. I think he'll
2: be an asset, but I don't think he'll be a a scorer of a a huge number of goals.
1: No, I would agree with that, but I think he'll look for goals from a number of sources. I don't think he yet has a prolific front man. (laughs) It might well be, given, you know, the, the... It might well be that they haven't finished their business yet and that they are looking to get someone in that can get them 15 to 20 goals or even 10 to 15 goals, which would hopefully be enough to keep them up. But I still think looking at that side and looking at the work that he's done with them, there are some clubs, you know, and I'm sure you both agree with this, where the most important person at the club is the manager. I think Leeds is one of those clubs.
2: Um, they have uh, managed to acquire some defensive steel as well one
3: of uh, Crook's favourite players has joined from Freiburg you said he was good on the ball didn't you
2: (laughs) yes he is he is he's bringing it out from the back
3: (laughs) I I think in all seriousness I think he's a good signing and and I agree with Darren Um, I think Leeds will be fine I think they'll probably be pushing for the the top of the bottom half and they could even as you say be this season Sheffield United I think it's going to be difficult for anybody to be this season Sheffield United because the top six or seven is going to be so competitive
2: So who goes down with Fulham and West Bromwich Albion I'm going to go for Newcastle United their expected goals tally was so poor last season I know we were banging on about it uh, a lot at the end of the last campaign about the data and they were massively overachieving but I'm not sure that the signings that they have acquired are a foolproof
3: way of preventing that I can see why you would reach that conclusion. Uh, Ryan Fraser effectively admitted that he downed tools last season and was training on his own in a recreation ground in Dorset, not fit enough for international duty with Scotland. So you have to question his mentality. I think he's done extremely well to get himself a five-year contract uh, on decent wages. Callum Wilson as well, only nine goals in all competitions last season, but he's admitted himself that that wasn't good enough. I think if those two can get back in tandem, both get back to their best, then... There, there will be a goal supply there. I think Jamal Lewis is an astute signing. Rob Holding, possibly still coming in, is is proven in the Premier League. I, I think they're they good signings for Steve Bruce. I think they're just about as as good a players that he could have signed. Darren under the current financial restraints that come of being manager of a club owned by Mike Ashley. But, but
2: but bearing in mind how competitive you've already outlined, the top half of the table is going to be. There are going to be teams that have acquired good players in the Premier League this season that's still not going to be good enough to keep themselves out of trouble. If they have a bad run or they pick up one or two injuries, and let's be honest, the the signings that they have made aren't always free of injury, then they could find themselves in a spot to bother. Darren?
1: Yes and no. Um, I look at Fulham, for example, I know you don't fancy them, but I know they're trying to do the deal for PSG keeper Alphonse Ariola, which for me I think would be a hell of a coup. Uh, because he is a fine goalkeeper um, and there are other clubs that are interested in him. So it'd be interesting to see if they get what that one over the line. Um, and I do, listen, Alex, you know all about Harrison Reid, used to be a midfielder at Southampton, came through the academy system, a good, solid player. Um, and my understanding is that they will continue to back Scott Parker between now and the end of the window. I'm not so sure about Crystal Palace defensively. Uh, yeah. I think they are a, a club... And if they lose Zaha, and you know, I know that he wants to leave in this window, then you have to wonder where the goals are going to come from. I know that they've made a couple of more youthful signings, Eberichi Easy, and a couple of others, but I'm not convinced by Palace and I'm wondering whether their time might be up. Burnley as well, listen, if they pull off this coup to sell James Tarkovsky for anywhere near the money that they're talking about.
2: <laughs> you're not having it are you 27 million pounds for James Tarkovsky I, I also I, heard an interview earlier in the week in which he said he was going to phone Gareth Southgate and ask him why he'd been overlooked for the England squad well to sure be fair does. that was prior to prior the chaos <laughs> in Reykjavik so actually maybe he's got a better
1: chance now <laughs> I think maybe he has yeah um, he's a good player and he's not to blame for his price tag mm. I think what Burnley are doing is a fantastic bit of brinkmanship with West Ham. West Ham clearly have defensive problems. We'll get to them in a bit. And Burnley saying, well, if you want us to solve your problems, it's going to cost silly money. And West Ham are going, all right, but the numbers are good for Tarskowski. Very good. I don't doubt that at all. But sometimes when we moan about the market being inflated, we can't have any complaints if we're going to you know, think that he's a 50 million pound player. He's a good player, a really good player. Um, 50 million pounds, I think even he would be surprised by that.
2: Okay, let's have a quick then uh, count-up of who you think is going to go down. Um, who are your three, Alex?
3: I'm going to say West Brom and Fulham. It's a bit cliched, um, but I think it's going to be difficult for newly promoted clubs. The, the third spot is, is intriguing because Darren's dead right about Crystal Palace. They still haven't addressed their goal-scoring problem. And even if Zaha stays, you wonder how committed he will be. West Ham is, is a club in chaos at the moment. And not just because of the garner Sal... David Moyes has not really been able to strengthen in the areas that he would have wanted. He's still got too many luxury players, too many number 10s. Well, listen, I'd love to say Stuart Pearce is going to come in and and shake up their dressing room, but how do you shake up Felipe Anderson and Manuel Lanzini? It's very difficult. I'm not sure. And
2: and at the time of recording, he is the only new face in that (laughs) West Ham dressing room.
3: Yeah, and and, and if we're talking about first managers to leave their post, I I think David Moyes is going to be right up there because it, it still wouldn't surprise me if they cash in on Declan Rice before the end of the transfer window Chelsea's interest isn't going away and we've seen with Messrs Brady's Golden Sullivan that every player has their price if he goes the whole thing collapses like a pack of cards for me
2: okay let's get to North London
0: Here is Aubameyang with another opportunity for Arsenal, which he takes so coolly. And Arsenal lead by three goals to nil. We try to keep pushing those plays, and they keep responding. You know, uh, we are generating some belief.
2: I think they are enjoying the moment. Comes back to Pepe, who rifles it in. And it
0: goes beyond David De Gea and Arsenal get the lead. Played in though by Ali Tassan. More danger, Son strikes it and Tottenham leads.
1: So edge of the pedal
0: of the area. Played in towards Lucas it's 2-0. Flags up again, is it? It's giving it.
2: And Dombele, and that's a good ball. Now Lamella has options ahead of him. He goes for goal
0: and Tottenham
2: are level. A contest as adversarial and upfront as Danny Rose and Jose Mourinho. Yes, finishing higher than your neighbour is certainly all or nothing. But I'm laying it on the line here. With a new defence, Aubameyang staying, Darren, and Mikel Arteta's mentality and coaching acumen, I think they can push United and Chelsea for a top four place.
1: I think you're absolutely right. I think as far as... Again, I I was talking before about the most important people at the club. Sometimes you can get a group of players together and you can salivate at the quality in the team. But if you've got the wrong manager, then football history has taught us many, many times that you could struggle... But in Arteta, you've got a man to get the sum of the parts working so well. And if you look at the chaos defensively in the Arsenal team last season and the way you went there and got them organised and efficient and managed to win the FA Cup, having got past Manchester City along the way and beaten the Chelsea side, I'm sure you would have expected to beat them in the final it gives you a lot of optimism for the new season. I think he's made good signings. He's got a goal scorer up front. He's trying to sign Hussein Alwa from Lyon. I think that would provide a bit of fantasy in the final third uh, or between the lines. Alwa. Uh, that he would need, and I just love the name as well. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. come of the um, hour, come off the man. Well, um, headlines, yeah, and, and of
2: course, Aubameyang is still there, and you were convinced actually at one stage during uh, the summer that he might move on, weren't you? What, what, is I it, still is, am. I is still it? Am, yeah. Are you? Well, I wonder whether or not because of the way that Arteta has has sort of changed the mentality. I, I mean, he's not the second coming, Arteta, but he's just got clarity of message discipline, and will do basically nigh on anything to win. Even if that, that means sacrificing his principles, he's pretty open about that in terms of the way that the team play. Um, I wonder whether that sort of desire to deliver silverware actually convinced Aubameyang that it, the grass might not be greener.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think also um, he's looking to see what the signings are as well. He's looking to see what they do in the window and whether it convinces him that they could maybe push the top four. It could also be that other clubs are waiting for that point in the transfer window. We all know it, where a club's got a decision to make over a player with a year left on the contract. A ridiculously Mm -hmm. cheap offer. I mean, I think uh, Manchester City have had a uh, £7 million offer or something ridiculously cheap for Eric Garcia because he has a year left on his contract, the defender, the young defender um, from Barcelona. So it could well be that a club is waiting to see whether or not they can get him, nick him cheaply before the end of the window. We'll see. But I think as far as uh, Aubameyang is concerned, if he stays, they've got a great chance of the top four.
2: Um, Jose Mourinho is box office um, on the small screen, but will his team be, crook?
1: No. Um,
3: in, in a word, Pierre-Emil Hoybier is an okay Premier League player. No more than that. doesn't um, always get in the Danish team. No. Um, I, I think there's a school of thought amongst Spurs fans that he will free up some of the more creative players they have in midfield the likes of LaCelso, but I'm not convinced he's disciplined enough to, to sit in front of the back four and, and, and enable them to do that they've still got the Harry Kane conundrum um, Gareth Southgate has got the same problem we were speaking about this earlier Sam um, when you were heading back from the airport I don't understand either in Tottenham's case or with England why Harry Kane plays every minute of every game he looks dead on his feet it's funny he himself I think needs to go to his club manager and to Gareth Southgate and say look I'm tired can I sit this one out?
2: After I spoke to you about that, I, I spoke to Dimitar Berbatov about it this afternoon, actually. And he <laughs> said... Hold well on, that name's dropping from the sky.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness me. My toes are hurting. They're just That name just fell on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and I asked him the same
2: question. We're just doing an interview. Uh, I, was, I asked him the same question. You know, Why does Harry came, play every game? And why, why do people find it so difficult to tell him, actually, you can't play every match. You need to rest. We need to get the best out of you. Um, for The big games, the, the ones that really matter. And he said... Come off it! We're strikers. We think we can play every game. We're selfish and we only care about goals. He, goes, he said, hey, "We can lose six two if I've scored two goals. I don't care. I've, I've got two goals. I don't think Harry Kane's necessarily got that mentality, but I think the sort of the idea of the desire to want to score all the time, to be a part of it all of the time, is over. Overrides his sort of better judgment actually. And we've seen how many injuries he's had. He also talked about. And I thought this was interesting." Why would you go to Spurs if you were a no-agree striker? And it's actually incumbent on Jose Mourinho to develop a system. If you can't get anybody to come and sit on the bench and do the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer role, then he's got to come up with a system which utilizes the other players and they so that they can still perform when Harry Kane's not in the team. So if that's Son playing up top and others buzzing around him, or it's, even Deli Ali playing as a false nine and Moura and Son playing wide, he has to develop some plan B that doesn't mean that all his eggs are in Harry Kane's basket.
3: Well, they were keen on Callum Wilson at one stage, but I never saw that deal happening because one of the main reasons that Callum wants to leave Bournemouth or wanted to leave Bournemouth was because he, he needs to be playing in the Premier League and scoring goals to get back in the England squad. So much competition now. So going and playing second fiddle to Harry Kane wasn't going to suit. I know they've held talks with Joshua King's agent. That would probably be quite an intelligent signing because he can play through the middle as a direct replacement for Harry Kane, but he can also play out wide, inject a bit of pace into the team that I think they do need. I think Doherty's good signing and I thought they got remarkably cheaply as well but have they brought in the quality to close the gap between them and the other elite teams in the Premier League not for me Darren
1: Yeah, I think I tend to agree, actually. I mean, I know Son is a fantastic player. In fact, I'm surprised a couple of clubs haven't tried to nick him from Spurs rather than Spurs getting someone in to play um, in that side. But I think I totally agree with you. I think there is too much reliance. He's a wonderful player, as we all agree on Harry Kane, but there's too much reliance on him. Um, And I think also defensively, they were so poor. In the seasons when they were strongest under Pochettino, they had the best defence in the Premier League and the joint best defence of Manchester United and they've just not moved quickly enough to address the problems that they've had with that defence. They're going to you-
2: bolster the defence by moving Eric Dyer into the position alongside Toby Alderweireld as a centre-half aren't they that's what they're going to do and that's
1: not solving the problem really Uh, Dyer should be playing in midfield and I think they've got to buy a commanding Did has done well you know back end of last season but I think they need a commanding centre-half to go in and give them some organisation
2: I wonder whether or not if they don't have a great start Jose will come under a little bit of pressure Um, you don't
1: think so? No, no, because the fans. Uh, uh, there's been the trend on on Twitter back Jose because the, the and, and obviously the, the the documentary All or Nothing.
2: It's helped, right? Because he, they've sh- he's shown a different side of his personality, which I think some of us have actually seen before. And I've mentioned it to Crook actually a few times. He's a very different character away from the cameras. This is not away from the cameras by any stretch of the imagination. But you know what I mean when he's not sitting in a press conference or being interviewed by by a reporter. Um, this sort of group of, of teams, are Arsenal, Tottenham, Wolverhampton Wanderers, maybe Leicester, um, might also now include the likes of Southampton and Everton. Can they break into the group? Carlo Ancelotti's team, Alan, James Rodriguez, Sigurdsson, Richarlison, Michael King's just signed a five-year deal. They've got the England goalie, Carlo Ancelotti, is the manager, and Mason Holgate, actually, who was their best player for most of last season. It, what, what can they achieve?
3: In a way, I hope it's not another false dawn because the owners have really backed their managers. I think they spent £380 million before this transfer 450 window. £450 million. Pounds. It's unbelievable. And Hammers Rodriguez is, is a Hollywood signing, but are we going to get the Hammers Rodriguez that tore it up at the World Cup in Brazil? or are we going to get the one who's wasted his career for the past couple of seasons? It's going to be really interesting, I think. Decore is a good signing because he's proven in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Angelovsky obviously likes to work with players that he's had a relationship with. That's part of the appeal with James. And, and also with Alan. Calvert-Lewin had a good season last year. They've still got Richarlison. I, I think they're going to have a better season when you've spent that sort of money and the owners have, have made their ambitions clear. It's a challenge for the top four. I don't see them as that they could well be the best of the rest. If, you, if we're talking about a top five now with Arsenal, I could see Everton finishing ahead of Spurs and those other clubs that you've mentioned.
1: You see, I I, I actually fancy Everton to do well next season. I think that the signing of Alan's very good. Hamas Rodriguez. What Ancelotti's done is go for two players that he knows well. And they've obviously got that superstar quality about them. But I do believe, as I said earlier, that Hamas is best days are behind him but he does still have an eye for a pass so i think that will be important in in terms of getting goals out of Richarlison who is a quality forward mm-hmm. i think alan in midfield he will provide the protection for the defence That Everton so desperately need I think he'll go up by another goalkeeper as well uh, because I think Pickford has had some dodgy moments and possibly needs some uh, 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 competition but I think Alan and Decore will provide that protective shield for the defence and I think they'll do better than people think next season
2: Well the game day pod wouldn't be the game day pod without dream team involvement from Andrew Butler hello how are you? I'm very well, Sam. How are you doing? Good. Nice to see you. Um, This year, we're doing something slightly different. We've got a mini-league on Dream Team, which is going to not only pitch us against each other, but also thousands of listeners as well. We've already had quite a few thousand people register for the mini-league. Just explain to us uh, what we've got to do.
4: Yeah, just go on dreamteamfc.com, uh, register and sign up for your dream team. And if you want to join this podcast league, which I'm sure you all will want to, uh, I mean, you just need to use the league pin SG Game 20. That's SG Game 20 and, uh, and you'll be in. And there's, I've, I've, I've had a look earlier. There's over three and a half thousand managers wow. already in that league. So a fair few.
2: Reckon it's because of my little picture.
4: I think it is because of the little picture, and I'm very confident that I might get in the top three thousand. So that's.
2: good. <laughs> uh, I picked uh, Kevin de Bruyne in my team. No surprise about that. Who's your ace pick then for this uh, season upcoming?
4: I mean, de Bruyne obviously is just such a uh, such a solid pick. Um, so I can't, I, I you know, just can't disagree with, with him. He's the second um, most expensive player in the game as well. At seven million, uh, most pick so far. Bruno Fernandes in 62.7% of uh, teams so far. He's in that 5 million, uh, obviously, as a midfielder. Now, the interesting one, and I just, I I want to go bold earlier in the season because I know last season there was a little bit of chat about, you know, me picking some obvious choices, and uh, I'm just going to say it. Timo Werner is yet to be proven in the Premier League. So he's in the game at 4 million. Which Gosh, is- you've, you've really
2: got out there, haven't you? I mean, crikey. I mean, I mean, where did you get that name from? You have picked that out
4: of left field. He's in the game at 4 You're million. Stop being so bold, man. <laughs> um, because he, he's not proven yet in the Premier League. You've seen so many of these sort of players come over from um, f- from leagues abroad, and uh, and for whatever reason, they can't adapt or can't settle. I mean I think he's going to be pretty good I, th- I think he probably will um, but I'm, I'm, I've, I've got De Bruyne in my team too but Werner is someone that I've just looked at and thought yeah okay we'll, we'll have a bit of him and if he doesn't perform in the first couple of weeks he'll be straight out well I
2: can't I, I mean you've just you've blown us all away there with that, uh, <laughs> that, that pick I mean I just, I just didn't see it coming I mean he only scored 28 goals in the Bundesliga last season
3: uh, crook, have you got any questions for Andrew? Aaron Ramsdale, I think, could be a, a dark horse. He's going to play regularly for Sheffield United, a team who don't concede a lot of goals. I know, he, having spoken to him privately, he's desperate to get in that England squad. He must be a bargain buy. How much is he worth? Yeah, he's in at 2.5 million.
4: Only selected by 1.6% of teams, Alex. So, you know, actually, if you're talking about kind of more niche picks and then he is one of them and actually Ramsdale is in talk sports ultimate 11 as well we've been going on most of the shows this week and uh, and he was actually picked at the weekend on the weekend sports breakfast so you're you're very on brand with the talk sport picks
2: <laughs> gonna be difficult for you to beat my uh, front three though Kane Mane and, and Rashford
4: I mean it's yeah I mean pre- pretty immense. pretty pretty immense and I also decent. gotta
2: make a sub though because I've got Phil Foden in there <laughs> so, you know those disciplinary sort of things, issues he's, gonna, yeah, he's out for a couple of weeks Foden, uh,
1: love it if you logged on one day and you went where's Phil Foden gone <laughs> 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 do
4: you know I think there's something interesting to be said about uh, about perhaps Foden and Greenwood I won't go into it too much but um They've obviously had their slight issues off the pitch, and another player who's had his slight issues off the pitch is Harry Maguire. He's only been picked by a 5.8 percent of teams so far, and he was the highest scoring defender in the in the game last season. So I think there might be an element of all. I'm not sure if I if I want him in my team Is that
2: of, also because Manchester United uh, and Manchester City aren't playing on the first week of the season so people are sort I mean, of holding c- back
4: Certainly could be the case um, but I, I was genuinely very surprised to see that he's been picked by so few teams um, at, at this stage
2: Okay Thank you very much Andrew I'm back with you on Monday Cheers Sam See you later Game day is your ray of light every Saturday Top coverage from three Live game from the Premier League that shines through.
3: And it's headed in by Mitrovic, and Fulham have the lead.
0: Here is Aubameyang with another opportunity for Arsenal which he takes so coolly. And Arsenal lead by three goals to nil. It is supposed to goes in. 5-0 for League United and Patrick Bamford has his goal. Brilliant individual goal for Mohamed Salah.
3: And Liverpool are over the hills and far away. And the season has started. The football
2: is back. And it's live on Talk TalkSport. OK, let's look at some of the surprise and from last season. What will happen to Leicester, Wall Sheffield United, last year's trend buckers? Um, last season, uh, they were relegation favourites, Sheffield United, prior to the start of the season. But then they were close to sort of trying to get to Europe, they, they weren't too far away from that. How would how the Blades fare, though, without Henderson and in need of finding a way of putting the ball in the back of the net more often? Because that was another issue. Chris Wilde and I had a, a conversation about that. You know, they've spent £20 million on a striker in Ollie McBurney and, and still they didn't really generate as many goals as they possibly needed to do. What's next for them, Darren?
1: I think Rian Brewster's next for them. Uh, they've been sniffing around him for quite some time. Twenty million pounds is the amount of pa- money apparently that will get him out of Liverpool. And if they were to get him, uh, then I think they'd be in good shape because you're right. Goals were the problem. There were so many teams they could have put to the sword mm. last season, and they didn't manage to. But I think he is, which such is a surprising
2: good for Blades, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Should we look at the uh, season as a whole when it comes to Leicester City, or focus on that back end of the the, the campaign? Crook, they've spent. Maybe just a little bit on Castagne uh, K- in place of Chilwell, but not load.
3: I think they've got another central defender coming in as well, presumably just to provide some competitions for Johnny Evans and Sionchu. They're looking at St. Etienne's Wesley Fofana. £20 million for a 19-year-old shows that the owners are still willing to back Brendan Rodgers. I'm a little bit concerned for them, not in terms of relegation, but I think it's going to be very difficult for them to hit the heights they hit in the first half of last season. Again, because everybody else is strengthened. And also, they might suffer a bit of a hangover from the way they fell away in the second half of the campaign. Psychologically, it was a big blow for them not securing Champions League football because they will feel and they'll probably be right to do so. That was their best chance of getting in the top four. Uh,
2: other surprises for last season. Wolves uh, and, and maybe Southampton, I think, in the second half of the season, who did very well. And, and the crook hasn't tired of telling us how great they, they were in their recovery from the 9-0 thrashing by uh, Leicester. Ralph, the second coming, Hudson hussle still in charge down at Southampton. There's a bit of an ownership thing going on there as well, which is worth keeping an eye on. Um, But uh, Wolves got no European distractions this season, Darren. Not that they really caused them too much grief last campaign.
1: I think they did tremendously well when you consider they were the first, the earliest competitors in Europe last season because they had to play all the pre-qualifying. They had a huge workload over the course of the season, taking in the lockdown, of course. But they were consistent. They were defensively sound. They scored goals. Jimenez. It'd be interesting to see if he stays beyond the window, uh, because obviously a lot of admirers in the Premier League for him.
2: Interesting that they signed Silva as well, wasn't it? For a, for a huge yeah, amount of
1: money. Huge amount of money. He's only eighteen years of age, so only scored um, one goal. He
2: yeah, played about what, 10 yeah. minutes of first-team football.
1: He does have a massive reputation, and they've spoken very, very highly of him. They think he's got a big, big future. Um, but he's going to have to produce something in the first 10 games or so for mm. people. I, I don't, I'm not expecting him to you know, rip it up, but he's got to at least show something to indicate why they've shelled out that amount of money for him, because that's a massive amount of money. But I, I still think Wolves look good. I think they've got... Um, they've got a settled squad and they have quality in that squad Doherty's a loss but um, I, I think defense both
2: fullbacks are lost aren't they because well, they're Johnny, out with a crucial yeah. uh, knee ligament injury and they've lost Doherty so they've got to they've got to reshuffle that somehow I wonder if there'll be a, a change of approach or formation I mean that would be a, a big departure if they did that because of course you've got someone like Cody who underpins it all and mm. his place I'm not sure would be particularly secure if they went to a back four so it would be a surprise if they did that but they need to they need to recruit some I mean they've got Vanagre who, who will play on the left hand side I'm not sure about the right maybe they'll ask Traore to do it again they did it a couple of times at the end of last season
3: I think the only team we haven't really mentioned so far probably out of the 20 is Brighton we're talking about surprise packages I think Graham Potter's team might do a bit better um, than a lot of people expect I think Adam Lalana is a very astute signing both Ooh. in terms of what he can deliver on the pitch in that number 10 role and his character in the dressing room, because they've lost a couple of big characters in in Glenn Murray and Shane Duffy. So I think that was a big part of Lalana's recruitment. Lamptey, the right wing back, had a fantastic um, run of games after lockdown, and I he think did, he will yeah. find his way into a lot of people's fantasy league teams. And Ben White is a player that they really believe is going to be the real deal. Yeah, mm. and that's why they've
2: offered him big contracts, isn't it? Give him a big contract, um, and quite rightly so. Let's turn our attention to this weekend's matches. Quick look at uh, some of the fixtures that are upcoming um, on at uh, Game day starts with uh, Clive Tillsley, Reshman Chowdhury at Craven Cottage, 12.30, Fulham against Arsenal. Then we've got Crystal Palace at three o'clock when they take on Ralph Parson houtal the second coming, Ralph Parson Uh Southampton, uh, down at South. Which one are you going to? Are you going to follow Ralph around the country this year, Crook? Is that what you're going to do?
3: I'm actually staying loyal to Bournemouth on the opening day of oh, the yeah. season. I'm watching their championship game against Blackburn and not, Brighton, you're going Chelsea. You're the only one on there because everybody else seems to have left. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, West Ham against Newcastle is eight o'clock on Saturday. And in between times, I'll be at Liverpool versus Leeds United, which I'm very much looking forward to, my first sighting of Leeds United. Um, if you're going to pick a surprise from the opening day, what will what, what would it be, Darren?
1: Um, I can't really see a surprise. I have to be honest, and you know me, I like to maybe pick one, but I can't see anything going against the Darts on the opening day.
2: On, on the, at the weekend, also we got West Bromwich versus Leicester and Tottenham versus Everton. Uh, two games on Monday, which we'll look forward to later in the week. Um, but I, I just wonder whether or not. West Albion might cause a little bit of a stir if they get something against Leicester City.
1: I, I, see, again, I, I can't see it because I just think that forward line of Leicester will be able to shoot their way out of trouble. Defensively, there are still questions to answer, as Alex was talking about a second ago. But I just think in the final third, this will be, for West Brom, a, a kind of introduction to the quality that exists in the Premier League because JB Vardy will not give them a minute's piece at the back. We know how he harries and chases down every ball, and I think you couldn't really get a worse striker to play up against if you're a new defender in the Premier League.
3: I'm going to back Marcelo Bielsa to produce a tactical masterclass and get a point at Anfield.
2: <laughs> that really would be a fairy tale. That's about it, football friend. Game day is back this Saturday with Fulham against Arsenal, Crystal Palace against Southampton, and the champions of England, Liverpool. At Anfield on the opening day of the season against the winners of the Championship. Leeds United, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, we'll be back with you when you wake up on Monday morning to review all of the action that you've seen at the weekend. Please rate and review. We've got Darren Bent with us on Monday, so make sure you check back and listen in.